Christmas, everybody. Love is simply joy that I'm home. What a lyric that Amy just sang for us. This is quite a different Christmas than we are used to, isn't it? You're not here. You're at home. And it would be easy to sit and lament about all the things that aren't the way they should be or the way that we want them to be. Trust me, I could do it. But instead, I want to focus on the Christmas that we do have this year. One where we're at home. We're home for Christmas. And we might have people there with us, or we might be alone, but either way, we are at home. And while it feels strange to not come together in the ways we're used to, dressing in our Christmas best and bundling up and heading to church with a few hundred other people, which seems so weird to think about right now, this one might be the most true Christmas we've ever experienced. Nothing fancy, just home. When Mary and Joseph went to Bethlehem for the census, they likely weren't actually cast out in a barn in the middle of nowhere. We hear this in Luke's gospel about there being no room in the inn. But that word in the original Greek doesn't mean the same thing as we understand it today. It's not like a hotel. They were headed home to be with family. Why would they need a hotel? The Greek word here, kataluma, which is such a great word, is a guest room. First century homes were all pretty typical, all built kind of the same, just like you'd walk into a South Minneapolis bungalow and you know how it's going to be laid out even before you walk in the front door. First century homes in Palestine were usually a single room house with a kind of step-down area in the back of the house where they'd bring the animals in at night. They could stay warm, the animals, and the animals would provide heat for the home. Then some homes sometimes would have an additional room either uh, at the back of the house where guests could stay or sometimes even up on the roof. That was the kataluma. So then if everyone was coming home for the census, the guest room would be full. So that makes sense, right? All that was available for Mary and Joseph was that space in the main house where they brought the animals in at night. This too makes sense. Because when my guest room is full, we still have couches and pullouts and inflatable mattresses. Now, why no one gave up their room to a very pregnant Mary, I don't know. But my point is that they were at home. They were brought into whatever space they could fit into, and they were likely with family. And yes, animals too. It was a typical home, after all. And I keep thinking about that word this year, home that Jesus was born at home, where we are. And that's the point, I think. Sure, they weren't in the city where they thought it was going to happen, but they were in Joseph's hometown with family. 
it was so normal. And how normal this is makes this story so great because God is born and doesn't arrive in a castle or with trumpets sounding or even as a fully grown king, but born in the same way the rest of us are, as a baby, with parents that loved him and kept him alive and all the joy and panic that goes with first-time parenthood. And instead of being set on a throne or the most beautiful bassinet you've ever seen, he is laid in a manger because that's what they had at home. Mary and Joseph had a baby, and they named him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And that's what this is about. Christ with us, wherever we are, at home, where we are, because Christ is always born where we are. And maybe even though it feels particularly true this year, this is the way it always has been. Christ is with us, born in us. We are and always have been the home where God chooses to be born. So no matter where you are, no matter who you are with right now, if you are alone or if you are with family, God is born in you. God is with you on this night. Home for Christmas. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone all around them, and they were terrified. They were out there in the wilderness, which, as we know, is always a place of danger, of vulnerability uh, throughout the Bible. Some are driven into the wilderness. Others are drawn. Remember how surprising it was when John the Baptist appeared out there in the wilderness. Those religious leaders had to leave the comfort and the status they enjoyed at the holy temple and traipse all the way out there to see what was going on. They had to drag people to navigate for them. They brought water and supplies, and still they packed those flowing robes, didn't they? Indicating status and authority, an authority that held no sway with John. You brood of vipers, he barked out there in the wilderness when he saw them coming, standing between the religious leaders and the unwashed crowds of sinners standing behind him, hoping for a new start. You bunch of snakes. How about actually doing something for these people? Bear fruit worthy of repentance. But that will be years from now. Tonight, Shepherds are living out there in that wilderness through all those dark nights where every noise is a potential threat, where most of us would be terrified, a place to avoid at all costs because we don't have control out there, where cancer lurks and COVID-19 and loneliness and shame and 
unemployment and isolation and depression. People fear the wilderness. But not the shepherds. Not on this night. They were home. Darkness was their friend. It brought relief from the hot sun. It drew people around small campfires. Out there in the wilderness, around those small campfires, there was intimacy, there was friendship, there was fellowship. You spend enough time in the darkness, you can begin to see the beauty it reveals. Shepherds can see in the dark. No HD screens, no monitors, no fluorescent office lights, or LEDs, or motion-detecting floodlights, or flashing digital signs, or smart phones. The shepherds, like so many at-risk or impoverished or oppressed people in the world today, are at home in the wilderness. They have no choice. And maybe this year, some of us have more in common with those sheep herders than we have had in Christmases past, maybe. The darkness that comes early now. The wilderness of an uncertain future, of heavy responsibility. The wilderness of trying to provide safety and shelter for our families. Even in this wilderness, the Christmas gospel wants us to know. We are home. The shepherds believed that religion was for other people. Pretty much everyone else believed that too. God, if there was one, was for city people, for temple-going people, for Jerusalem people, not for herders scrounging out living in the wilderness. But the angel says to everyone in the dark, to you is born this night in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Now, I don't know what kind of Christmas you're having this year in 2020. This is my 30th Christmas as an ordained pastor, but it is the first not shared with crowds of worshipers holding candles in the darkness and singing Silent Night holy night and yet here we are and we can feel God's presence the glory of the Lord has tracked us down again and even though we are not together in this beautiful sanctuary on this holy night the Christmas gospel reminds us that God's glory never did require the holy temple Emmanuel is God with you if your Christmas includes some uncertainty or grief or even fear this year, you are not alone. You share this holy night with shepherds and Mary and Joseph and people all over the world who find themselves in some kind of darkness. There is beauty in the darkness, holiness even. Where the angel says to you, do not be afraid, for see, I bring good news of great joy for all the people. For unto you is born this night in the city of David, 
who is Christ the Lord, unto you at home. Amen.